Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, March the 27th, 2023. And we are reading from the big book in the chapter, How It Works, on page 69, the fourth paragraph. God alone can judge our sex situation ending with, we avoid hysterical thinking or advice. And we're reading and sharing on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Jim F., 12 Traditions, Nancy T., and readers of the text, Penny E., Claire E., and Tamara C. The share ID for Sunday, March the 26th, the special edition, is 20088. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jim F. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Jim. Okay, Tamara C., have you got the 12 steps there, please? Oh, this is okay, Tamara I'm sorry. C. This is Jim F. I apologize. I was muted. Uh, this is Jim F. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for his knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
We try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Jim F. And Nancy T. is going to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Nancy T., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God is he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter How It Works on page 69, the fourth paragraph. God alone can judge our sex situation, ending with we avoid hysterical thinking or advice, and we're reading that one paragraph only. Penny E, could you read for us, please? Yes, thanks, Linus. This is Penny E. Recovered in South Jersey. God alone can judge our sex situation. Counsel with persons is often desirable, but we let God be the final judge. We realize that some people are fanatical about sex as others are loose. We avoid hysterical thinking or advice. Well, wow, 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 wow. 
um, it's been a long time since I've taken a four-step. However, I do do a ten-step on a daily basis. And these last four paragraphs have just really rocketed me. Uh, I've gotten so much from it, uh, thinking that I don't really need to hear this. I am a bada-boom, bada-boom, but that's not true. God alone can judge our sex situation. One of the things that was so powerful for me while we, people were sharing was this is not just necessarily about sex, but about our relationships, our harms to other people. And the first thing that came up uh, was um, my husband, who's been deceased almost 20 years, and I can't begin to tell you how many times he just wanted his back rubbed at night, just wanted his back rubbed for two minutes or three minutes, and I was too tired, too tired. Well, today I wouldn't do that. Today I would be so grateful to be in service, you know. Um, you know, we want to, my goal is to love and, and uh, love and tolerance and to be there for other people. So I'm making an amends in whatever way I can. I haven't quite made that uh, final decision on how I'm going to make an amends to my deceased husband. But the bigger thing for right now is a person in my life who's very close to me. And because of my character defects, because of my character defects, I've been judging her. And uh, she's not perfect. She's not thinking the way I am and correcting her almost every single day, almost every single day. That's so negative. Why are you so negative? You know, why don't you, you know, turn it over to God? Why don't you this? Why don't you that? And God was the final judge. He let me know, Kenny, this is, this is not what you're supposed to be doing with this friend. Love her. Accept her. Be kind and loving. I don't need to try and make her into me, you know. Um, it hasn't been right. I've been harming her. And in, do, in her, harming her, I've been harming myself because I have not been kind and loving. And I want to be kind and loving. I don't want to be judgmental. I don't want to, you know, live in uh, perfectionism and control. So thank you, God. God is our final judge. And if we do our prayer, and I did my prayer in my meditation, and he revealed it to me. He revealed it to me. So anyway, I love you all. I am grateful for this meeting and so grateful that I can keep learning, keep learning, keep learning. Love you all. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Penny E. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yet Friday or Thursday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once as it does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Cheryl L. Tamara C. Claire E. from the UK. Okay, so far our lineup is Cheryl L, Tamara C, Claire E. Is there anybody else who'd like to share this morning? Oh, 
Okay, let's start with that lineup. Cheryl L., could you start us off, please? Followed by Tamara C. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning. My name is Cheryl L. I'm a compulsive overeater living in New Hampshire and grateful to be on the call this morning. Um, I I wasn't going to share, but when I listened to the um, to the lead speaker, I really thought that I might have something that I could offer this morning. Um, I've been working the steps with my sponsor. I'm currently on step nine, and when I take a look, when I took a look at the harms done others, and especially to um, to my late husband, I realized that um, you know that I I needed to change. Um, I needed to be a different person, and I do have a, a husband right now. And so, you know, my amends to um, to my my current husband, I I delivered them over the weekend, and and I was really surprised because I I tend to be very um, critical of myself. I'm very very hard on myself, and recently it's been pointed out that when I'm hard on myself, I, um, I let that go into other relationships and I, and I tend to be hard on other people as well. And so when I made my amends to him, he said to me that, um, he didn't feel that I treated him badly at all. Um, and that he felt that, um, that I was doing, you know, everything that I could to, to be a good wife. Um, I, I was, I was particularly concerned about, you know, financial dependence on him. And he, you know, he reminded me that we're a partnership and that, you know, we're in this together and that if I ever have any concerns about our financial situations that I can come and talk to him. And I think that that was one of the big revelations to me was just that, you know, I need to, I need to speak up. And a lot of the times the thoughts that I have in my head are not reality. Um, and so when, you know, when we read God is, is our judge, that's what I need to pray for is I need to to say to my higher power, God, you know, what would you have me be today? You know, and, and what are, what is the truth about the situation? And so, you know, keeping that in mind, I'm continuing forward with the amends and I'm asking daily in prayer and meditation to be shown the right direction. And so with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl L. Tamara C., it's your turn, followed by Claire E. Welcome, Tamara. Thank you, and thank you for your service. This is Tamara C. I'm very grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Missouri. Um, It helps me to remind myself, like, what's the context of this paragraph? So I've been studying the instructions for taking a personal inventory, and why am I doing this personal inventory? My purpose is um, a new relationship with my creator. I'm making a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in myself which have been blocking me. Because playing God hasn't worked for me. And the, the, this big book tells me that the keystone to my freedom is this concept of turning to a higher power in everything. So um, uh, it uh, says that God alone... Uh, should judge my sex situation. Well, other people can try to judge, or I can try to judge others, um, but God alone is, is the one, you know, their higher power, my higher power, is the one who can judge me without um, flawed ideas getting in the mix. Um, my higher power has um, 
just a, a loving and truthful view and can judge any situation, my sex situation, any relationship, my conduct. Um, so uh, it says counsel with persons is often desirable, but we let God be the final judge. I do find that asking others, um, recovered fellows, including my sponsor, is very helpful. Even getting outside counseling is very helpful. Asking people for their experience, strength, and hope because um, God does speak to me through others. And my old ideas can be flawed, um, and I need others to point me to the truth. But everyone is allowed to be human with their own set of experiences and conceptions. So I listen, and I go to God, and I I just ask for inspiration. Uh, It helps me to pray, um, thank you, God, for whatever you want me to get from this conversation, whether I'm, I'm listening to someone else's experience or whether I'm working with someone, they've asked for my counsel or experience. Um, it's really important to remember for me that I avoid advice. I just keep in mind that they have their higher power and um, I just pray, um, you know, it helps me. Somebody said on the line a while ago, um, I'm an addict, what do I know? And so I just uh, repeat that in my prayer. God, I'm an addict, what do I know? Just use use whatever my experience is and uh, uh, be help that person to find their truth. And I just keep in mind that our goal is to grow toward healthy relationship ideals. I pass. Thank you, Tamara C. And Claire E., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Claire. Thank you. My name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in, uh, in the UK. Um, still not very good at sitting there with silences just to speak up. Um, so yeah, um, just a great paragraph. I think you know, again in context, I've I've just been reading back through the last two paragraphs, and this is part of our our fourth step inventory. This is the part where I look at my relationships. I go back through. I see how my behaviour has been selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and afraid within my relationships romantic relationships and and I find this really helpful to do for all sorts of relationships actually romantic or not um and you know from my past behavior and my mistakes and looking at that you know coming up with now sane and sound ideals for my future conduct um and you know I really need God for that it says we ask God what we should do we ask God to help mold our ideals and here we have again God alone can judge it can judge my sex situation and um you know, I have found in my relationship, my relationship is one of, uh, I, I am married, and, and um, my relationship with my husband is one of the most challenging areas of my recovery for all sorts of reasons. Um, and it is, it's, it's something I take to God a lot, um, and my sponsor. And I, you know, I, 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 I'll just throw this one in there, but I, for, for me, with my personal relationship stuff, I tend to go to people that I really trust and that know me, um, my little God squad, if you like, um, with 10 steps and with, with um, you know, sort of for advice. For exactly that reason, I need people to, that I can trust. I, I, I don't, don't really want other people's opinions and judgment um, and hysterical advice. I, I just need to um, process my step 10s and my stuff around it. Um, so I choose carefully who I share this stuff with, and I think that's you know that's it. And, and it's you know quite a good paragraph really for advising me how to take that from other people as well, how to take inventory from my sponsees, and how to take people through a fifth step around this. This is that my part in this is not to to be advising. 
um, or judging in any shape or form. It's, it's, it's been shared already is to help somebody else or just be a channel for somebody else to come to their own conclusions with their higher power about what their sane and signed ideals are going to be for the future. It's not my position to judge anybody else. And um, I, yeah, how, I like that. How, who, how would I know? You know, I don't know. I don't know what God's plan is for them. Um, but what I can do is be a channel, be a sounding board, share experience, strength, and hope. I have some of that in, in, in recovery, recovery in a relationship. I have experience, strength, and hope around that. I've made a lot of mistakes. I can share that honestly as well and how I've got over that. I think it says somewhere in the family afterwards, you know, sharing with somebody how I have addressed some of my own problems is way more advice. And, and, and that goes for me hearing it as well. It's way more helpful than being sort of judged or, or opinionated at. Um, so um, I hope that made sense. Um, so, yeah, great paragraph. And um, some really, you know, not just as said for romantic relationships here, but for, for all sorts of situations. God alone is the judge and I need to take my stuff to him first and foremost. I will leave it there. Thank you. And thank you, Claire E. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later this morning, we're continuing our study of the big book and the chapter, How It Works. We're on page 69, the fourth paragraph, God alone can judge our sex situation. So the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Thursday or Friday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please, say page once as it does help me to hear everybody. Who would like to share? Christina A. From Boston. Leia S. Courtney Pamela P. Pamela P. From Pennsylvania. Susan S. A. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. I heard Katie G, Leah S, Courtney S, and Pamela P. Was there anybody that I missed, please? Christina J. Anyone else? Okie doke. Katie G, could you start us off, please? Followed by Leah S. Good morning, Katie. Katie. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, Lynn. I love hearing you. Thanks for your service. Good morning, everyone. KDG recovered in Boston, and um, I was taking a look at this paragraph. And, um, you know, I, too, want to jump on this um, idea that this isn't just sex, right, that this is um, relationships of all kinds. And um, we're going to be coming up on a prayer that's amazing about how God alone can judge our fine, our sex situation, that we earnestly pray for the right ideal, right? Like we want guidance and strength to do the right thing. And one of the things I also wanted to integrate is that um, recently my sponsor has taught me like in step 10, right? Like what am I ever disturbed about? I don't know about you guys, but I'm really only ever disturbed about my husband, my children, and people. <laughs> That's pretty much like, I don't know, that's kind of where I've been recently. So um, anyway, so um, what happens is I look at, you know, what what they've done wrong to me, in quotes, and then where are my character defects, right? And then I ask myself, like, who? what is the opposite of this character defect? Who would God want me to be? So, like, right in that moment of that 10th step, I am 
asking God, who's my ideal right now? And one of the really interesting things as I've been going through this is looking at different um, character defects that come up with me in my sex situations, in my other relationship conduct situations. And one of the things I realized is that I'm um, an empath. And I always thought, like, how great it was that I could, because, um, you know, I'm KDG, right? So I could go into a situation and I could read your mind. And, you know, to be honest, sometimes I really can. Like, sometimes I can read a room. I really can. And sometimes I can read a room and, one moment, please, and I don't really know, um, and, and I'm wrong. But the worst thing about this character defect is if somebody's walking around the house and they're, they're like mumbling to themselves, it all of a sudden becomes my problem to solve. Or if somebody is angry, let's say my husband is angry about something at his work. Now, I'm not at his work. I'm not his secretary. It has nothing to do with me. All of a sudden, I get the oh no, and like I have to go in there with my my cape, and I'm like physically disturbed. But that's a defect. Like, what is it about me that has forgotten that I'm like my whole unit on my own, and that other person is their whole unit on their own? Or like my kid, like a lot of times I'll be on the phone and my kid is crying, and I'm, you know, and the my friend will be like, oh, don't worry about it, but I can't. Like I freeze, I don't know what to do. Or we have that wonderful Sunday special edition about perfectionism and how I expect, I demand other people to follow a schedule, right? To follow my rules. And when they, when it doesn't, I'm so inflexible. And so what I love about these ideals is like, you know, I'm telling you, like I'm 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 abstinent today. I'm recovered today. But I'll tell you the most dynamic, wonderful. Part of my program, I'll just wrap with this one. Thanks for the reminder. The most dynamic part of my program is that I continue to learn, right? Like, God, please help me be teachable. I'm just so grateful to learn from all of you. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Katie G. Leah S., it's your turn, followed by Courtney S. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. Thank you so much, everyone. My name is Leah S., and I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and very happily recovered. And uh, this this is a difficult paragraph, and it was always um, shunned by me. And what do you mean God can be the final judge, and what is this all about? Until I finally, uh, when I don't understand something, I need to ask questions, and I need to continue asking questions so that I can I can understand it because I know it has to do with me and what this has to do with is relationships whether they're they're intimate relationships or just relationships with other people of the uh, of the other sex or whatever it is and what does it mean to me that God is only the judge well, um, I need to examine my characteristics, and what I um, try very hard is to be kind and objectionable to to others and with others, and uh, especially with those who are close to me. And uh, I no longer have to look at my own, uh, just always on my own needs, I have to consider other people also because those are the people that I care for. And that's the key word. I care 
and I and and I and I I want to be kind, and um, even though I am not all those um, most of the time, I will try to be more conscious about that, and that's what it means to me that God is coming in 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 a in a in a in a, in a soothing way. And um, so that whatever situation I'm in, I can be guided by those guidelines. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Leah S. And Courtney S., you're next, followed by Pamela P. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you so much, Lynn. Hi, I'm, this is actually Courtney C., as in Kat. Um, Courtney C., or CC. I live in um, Florida. Um, gratefully recovered today. And, um, you know, how I read this, I just say I've always been a single woman in recovery. Um, and so how I've, like, interpreted just through my life through this is about is about dating. And it's about sex relationships. It's, you know, been it's been a big topic for me in recovery and one that I've struggled a lot with in recovery (laughs) and how I really read this paragraph is that like I'm gonna make mistakes (laughs) like you know that that in the end like I don't think that my God wants me to feel like I have to just follow blindly follow a bunch of rules and um you know for me I you know I've I've had to really um, let that judgment process be done by my higher power. Because what I've wanted to do is I've wanted to, first of all, judge myself and all my actions on my own, you know, on my own and say, oh, I did this wrong. I did this wrong. I did this wrong in my relationships, especially in sexual relationships. And then I want to go to everyone else. I want to go to my sponsor. I want to go to, you know, all my friends. I want to take a poll of everyone's opinion of what I did right and what I did wrong to try to find a way to feel okay with how things went. And I'm talking specifically about when I, when I have a romantic relationship that, 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 that fails, right? <clears throat> and I'll just share, like, on a personal note, I had two relationships that, I, you know, got through abstinent, recovering, doing really well, and then it was like two months after the fact that I picked up the food again. And I actually just realized that for the first time sitting here, and I was like, well, why was that? I think it has a lot to do with this. I have not, I don't, I feel like I have not successfully up until this point really left that judgment process up to God and just been able to be okay with the fact that, like, you know, I gave this a shot. I tried. It had its good moments. It had its bad moments. And, like, God's the, you know, like, God loves me anyways. So, like, you know, next, you know, keep it moving. Um, It's been really hard for me to do that. So, um, and, you know, the next paragraph we're going to read out tomorrow is about how, you know, we're going to fall short, you know, we're going to fall short. And I need to remember that I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. I'm never going to be the perfect partner. I'm never going to be the perfect, you know, dating, you know, uh, prospect or whatever. I'm always, I'm going to fall short. And that doesn't mean that I am a piece of shit. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm totally going to fail at, at um, relationships for the rest of my life and that I'm not worthy. And, you know, all these lies that my mind tells me. You know, God loves me anyway. So that's just what I wanted to share with that. Thanks. Thank you, Courtney C. 
And now we have Pamela P, followed by Christina J. Welcome, Pamela. Yeah, welcome to everybody. My name is Pamela P from Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, so with relationship, I just hard to with this disease. And also I had PTSD with other stuff happening during my childhood in my life. So having a relationship been challenging. It's been rewarding sometimes, but it's been challenging. Especially being with a normal either twenty four seven. And plus being around with my boyfriend parents, they kinda of are toxic to me because I have some more problem with them mentally and emotionally. And it have been very, I kind of be staying off this to keep my recovery. And been challenging this month um, with the sex party relationship. It's always going to be a challenge because I've been in the adult industry for 20-something years. So it's been hard sometimes being in a romantic type of relationship. Also, I was child abuse as a child and pesticide ring. So I learned about sex in men quite early, about nine years old. So it's very it's just, it's just hard to treat sometimes my partner, not like a customer, the weird way. So but concerning the food, I've been doing okay with the food. I try not eat because of my emotion. I usually use the tool or the program or, or call someone or talk to my sponsor or read the big book or the other literature in my program. And just trying to get through it, a daily challenge. Um, also, where I live at, you, if you don't drive, you're hard to travel. So my boyfriend, the only one drives, and he's not driving that day. I don't really go to many places. I'm just not used to that. So the complete isolation and very challenging, like especially like yesterday. Um, but I'm trying to get through all of this without compulsive overeat. I know God is with me no matter what. So don't give up until the miracle happens. And God loves us. That's the way we are. We have to be perfect. And it's challenging. Some days are better than other days. It's just mentally. My mental behavior is so important to get to my recovery for that day. And I really want it to work. I know the program works. I know God works. So I just have faith. In one minute at a time. And, you know, it, it has been a struggle this month. But I, I'm above water, so I'm trying not to drown. I can't. Thank you, Pamela P. And Christina J., it's your turn. Good morning, Christina. Morning, Lynn. Morning, everyone. Christina J. from the state of North Carolina. I read something this morning, a single line that really, I had to chew on it. Ignorance is the most important cause of sorrow. And I chewed on it around this paragraph and around this program. And I realized that my whole life has been about relationships. My whole life has been about relationships. And uh, I got some bad seeds planted in me early about how to run my life and how to get what I needed out of relationships. And I became very self-centered, unbeknownst to me. Uh, And when I didn't get what I wanted, I went into self-pity. And because I wasn't getting what I wanted, because I thought what I could get out of a relationship would give me what I needed, and if I didn't get it, I lived in fear. 
I ran a lot of my life on dishonesty because I would blame you for not getting me what I wanted, but I wasn't giving you what you wanted. So ignorance around all this stuff. And that's a very uncomfortable place to live. Uh, Things aren't working out. Sometimes they do, you know. Sometimes I'm able to stay on the diet or I'm able to have a good uh, date or I marry someone and we have a rough relationship. We have a good day. I mean, there's all kinds of back and forth, you know, in our lives. But I was completely ignorant of my character defects um, until I came to this program and found out about them. And uh, it was a great cause of my sorrow as I look back in my self-pity, running my life that way, running my life from fear. Um, And recently, uh, I came to something. Because in my last relapse, I had a lot of shame and guilt privately. And I I think we all do. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some of you are more advanced in relapsing than I am. (laughs) But anyway, uh, I finally reached that place where I just said, God, you know, I can't do this. I can't do this. I have no power to control this. And God said, it's all right. I love you. Give that shame to me right now. Give that guilt to me right now. Give every thought that comes around this to me. Yeah, you're uncomfortable. You feel fat. You feel stuffed. You feel gross. Give that to me. Give that to me and start walking again. Start walking forward. Don't stay in it. Move forward towards the next right action and come to me. It's like the prodigal child coming home to the father. Oh, my God, that scene where the, the son's coming to the father and the arms are open. God never, my God, my higher power, never lose faith in me. And he always holds space with that love. And all I have to do is go to him. Some mornings I wake up and feel totally disconnected, totally disconnected. I don't know how to get back. And God says, just breathe. I'm right here. Just breathe. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. This my only saving grace today, people, is this program and how it's taught me, shown me where I'm ignorant around relationships, around my sex relationships, around my gossiping about other people, around everything that causes me discomfort because I was reaching for those things, thinking they were going to give me comfort. Time, that's please. Line, that's why this line really made sense to me. Ignorance around all these things has been the most important cause of my sorrow. So I'm grateful for this program and what it's shown me. Awareness is the step-by-step program. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Christina J. So for those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later this morning, we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, How It Works, on page 69. The fourth paragraph, God alone can judge our sex situation. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Thursday or Friday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Nina W. Nina J. Patty O. Susan S.H. Okay, I've got Nina W, Anita J, Patty O, and Susan S.H. Anyone else? All 
All right, let's start with that lineup. Nina W., please go ahead. Hi, this is uh, Nina W., Compulsive Overeater um, in Florida. I really appreciate what we're reading today, um, and I like how everybody's mentioned, or a few people have mentioned, how it's in all relationships. Um, I also really appreciate the first person who shared about how being um, perfectionist and then having that expectation on ourselves and then having that expectation on others. Um, I could really relate to that, but you know, I'm, I have a hard time with the word judge because it's, it even saying that God can be our only judge, which he is, but the word judge to me is so it's demeaning. I don't know. I, I struggle with it. I like to think that I don't judge others, but I know that I do. And I see it particularly when I'm when I see it in other people is normally when I'm struggling with it internally. Um, I've learned that through the program. Another thing this this reading reminded me of was the set aside prayer. You know, setting aside everything I think I know because a lot of times I don't know anything. What I think I know what's best for me is normally not the case. Um, and if I remember that and I say the set aside prayer, then it it reminds me to you know to let God be the judge of others and for me to just to just trust him and trust the process. So I'm very grateful to be here. Um, thank you for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Nina W. And Anita J., it's your turn, followed by Patty O. Good morning, Anita. Good morning. Thank you so much for hearing me. My name is Anita J., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. Um Sex, I know that it's about all relationships, but I did need an overhauling on my thinking. It all emanated from um, things that happened to me as a child that I repressed. You know, I owed my husband so many amends from things I didn't even know, but because of things that happened in my childhood, I would say no all the time to my husband. No, no. And finally, one day I said, you know, I think when I say no, I really mean yes. I stopped living out of something I didn't understand. And fortunately, through work, through the program, and also through outside help, I came to see, you know, that um, God had a different plan for me. Uh, this is how he wanted me to be. And so I was married 54 years. But sexually speaking, in relationship speaking, the last three and a half were wonderful. It's just, um, you know, the guy probably deserved a different lady. But I'm the lady that he got. And... um I don't know. I'm very, I'm very grateful that my eyes opened because then it opened my heart and it opened all of me. So um, with that, I pass. And thank you, Anita J. Patty O, it's your turn, followed by Susan S. H. Please go ahead, Patty. Hi, my name is Patty O. I am a compulsive overeater and I live in Florida. I I can't believe, I, I want to call it a coincidence that we're at this part of the book. Uh, I'm, I'm 60 days abstinent, 
and I'm working with a sponsor. And I, I haven't, I'm 70 years old. I haven't had intimate relations in a very long time. And just recently, the last month, um, I've been, somebody asked me to go out. And anyway, we started an intimate relationship. And I, it terrifies me. Mostly it terrifies me because my solution to uncomfortability, uncertainty, um, fear is I dive back into the food. And, you know, thousands of hours of counseling, of therapy, thousands of dollars of therapy has taught me I know, I know why I eat. It, knowing why I eat has done nothing to help me not eat. Um, it is my solution to fear of intimacy. And I guess what I'm, the, the line where it says, God alone can judge our sex situation. Contact with persons is often desirable. I'm so grateful that I have the willingness to be as honest as I can be with my sponsor, and we and we are figuring it out. So I don't know if any of that is pertinent, but um, I'm just one day at a time, no matter what happens with this guy, I am not going back into the food. Please, God, I cannot go back into the food just to... Uh, avoid the fear and the uncomfortability. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Patio. And Susan S.H., it's your turn. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Lynn. Thanks for your service. This is Susan S.H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in St. Mary's, Ohio. Um, God alone can judge. And, yeah, I, I... I can read these things and not not get my hackles up every time now because I keep learning again and again that as I get closer to my higher power, the higher power alone can help me. It's, it's the kind of judgment that I can tolerate and not get uh, irritated by or frightened by. I must turn to him. I must remember to turn to him first. That's where my real reliance is. Um, I had a situation yesterday, a remark that uh, my husband made. It grew so large in my mind, I began thinking I knew what he meant, and it was awful. I'm good at this, and I'm pretty quick at it, too. The truth is I didn't understand what he meant. Eventually, I came around first the serenity prayer because my mind was racing and second to the resentment prayer the sickness prayer for him and for me and within probably an hour of that we got back in the car to head home and we had a sane talk <laughs> and I, I came to understand what he was talking about and it wasn't horrible and um, yeah I don't I didn't need to listen to my self pity or my own hysterical advice. We we actually were you know just talked it out 
and I am sure it was not my doing. It was a higher power helping me with the sensible with the sensible ideal here. <laughs> sensible ideal. Talk and find out. Don't imagine and fly off the handle. So it's just it's so good to see these things come up in my life and to relearn it again and again. I'm so glad that we've been talking about this again. I'm so glad to see examples in my life. So that's all I have to say. And I pass. Thank you, Susan S.H. We have time for two or three more shares. Who would like that time? Holly Q. Jenna S. I've got Paula Q and Jenna S. Is there anyone else? What page, please? We're on page 69, the fourth paragraph. Okay, Paula Q, would you like to go ahead, please? Yes, thank you uh, for your service, Ronarino. This is Paula Q in Northern California, Recovered. So, uh, you know, <laughs> when I first read this paragraph, I thought, what the heck? You know, I, I, this has nothing to do with me, but it has everything to do with my situation right now. Because of this statement, God alone can judge our, let's remove the word sex and just say situation. Because it applies, whether it's sex or not, God alone can judge our situation. Because what happens as a food addict, and I think maybe just as a human being, I tend to judge me. Because I'm the end all of everything, right? My ego takes over. I mean, it's the biggest reason I eat, is is what my ego tells me. And I think that my ego is, you know, is uh, some kind of sane voice in my head. You know, it's, it's me. It's self-reliance. And so I rely on myself to judge myself and any situation so that I feel guilty about and I feel shamed about. And the thing about shame is, in my experience, shame is a, something, it's kind of a childlike uh, experience. Uh, a lot of what I'm ashamed about isn't even in the present. Like I'm applying it to the present situation, but it really has nothing to do with the present situation. It's something I was shamed about as a kid, or I felt shame about, or when I first felt guilt, whatever the deal was. It, 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 shame it, it is a destructor. It, it serves no purpose for me. Most of the time, it's a lie. It's not that I am not responsible for my actions. But as long as I'm going to hide behind guilt and shame and judgment, I won't be responsible. I'll eat because that's the way it works. I'll eat or, you know, I'm an Al-Anon, so I'll go out and fix things. Whatever the deal is, it'll be all about self-reliance. So counsel with persons is often desirable. Of course, we're talking about persons that can relate to me, the same program I have, that kind of my sponsor. Um, or people that have had the same situation, because then I get out of my head about this judgment and shame. I don't, I, I'll be honest with you, my experience with a higher power, and I, I, you know, it's a growing relationship, and it has been growing for years, has never been about judgment. I've never felt, 
Once I go to God and say, look at me, God, I'm a mess. Look at me. Look at what's happened. I have never, ever felt judged by God. And I would see no purpose in feeling that. I I judge myself all the time. So my thinking becomes hysterical. And I start letting my ego advise me. And I'm going to go back to the food. It doesn't matter what the situation is. I'm going to become a fanatic, not just about sex, about anything. So I love this paragraph because I've never read it like this before. But you know what? Relax, Polly. Relax. (laughs) Take a break. Get a breath. Call somebody. Get on a meeting and relax. It's okay. We're human and we're going to make mistakes. And we're going to get into all kinds of messes. And guilt and shame just makes it worse. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Paula Q. And Jenna S., you'll be our last share this morning. Welcome, Jenna. Hi, thank you so much. And thank you, everyone. My name is Jenna S. in Pennsylvania, recovering compulsive overeater. And I'm grateful to be here. I just, um, I love contemplating this paragraph. And the word judge that we use it to sort of mean condemn. Like we use that, like if I'm sitting there and I'm looking at someone and I'm having critical thoughts about them, I call that judgment. Or if I'm, you know what I mean? But I think the real word that means um, you could be guilty or innocent. Like, um, and I think in the context of the paragraph, it's helping me to see that it's talking about Okay, with sex, some people say you should have sex, some people say you shouldn't, some people say this, some people say that. And and what it's kind of saying is, yeah, human human opinion varies widely. And uh, motives matter in this type of thing, and context matters in this type of thing. And so God alone can help you judge, is this good or is this not so good? Is this harmful or is this healthy? And I am loving this idea because I get so frozen when it comes to living my life, sex or otherwise, like I'm just not going to make a move and I'm just going to stay home and eat. That's what I want to do because I'm so scared. What's the right thing? What do people think? What's right? What's wrong? Am I going to get shamed? Am I going to have shame? And so I'm really loving that judge is not the same as condemn. Um, A judge could condemn you could judge and condemn someone or you could judge, make a judgment and say, hmm, I thought about that. And I think this is okay. I think it's okay. I want to dye my hair uh, red or purple. And uh, as much as I'm afraid of that and I've thought about it and I have voices in my head that say, oh, man, what are, who are you? You know, God alone can, can help me judge this, um, this situation and help me come to, to see is this, is this a, something I can do that um, would serve me and others? So um, I'm just going to take that with me. I'm, it helps me build my relationship with my higher power to remember that um, human ideas vary widely on a lot of subjects, including abstinence, including, you know, how to work the steps. And I, I really am so good at trying to find a human being to turn my will and my life over to, uh, whether it's a sponsor or someone I think is, has status or someone I think is, you know, popular or whatever, I will somehow want to have them be the judge of whether what I'm doing is healthy or hurtful or is good or bad. So 
um, really grateful for the way everyone here um, studies this book and the way I learned. So thank you. And thank you, Jenna S. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to our marvelous team Monday for their service in March. Jim F., Nancy T., Penny E., Claire E., Tamara C., Susan S.H., and Maria F. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for this morning's meeting, Monday, March the 27th, 7 a.m., is 20089. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Claire E., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I certainly will. Thank you, Lynn. My name is Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in the UK. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.